0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. Today, we are celebrating Ascension Day, even though it is not Ascension Day. (laughs) We heard in the reading from Acts how Jesus ascended up into heaven after spending 40 days with his disciples, which for us this year would have been last Thursday. So we're doing Ascension Day three days late. Which is fine for us, but once upon a time, it would have been considered at least a little bit weird, if not um, downright unthinkable. You see, Ascension Day was, was a much bigger deal, once upon a time, a great festival holiday. In fact, in, in some European countries still to this day, whether religious or not, or go to church or not, uh, you get the day off. It's a, a public holiday. Religious, irreligious people do uh, carry out various customs as well. It's it's common in Germany for folks to take these long all day walks through the countryside, uh, which supposedly recall the day long journey Acts one verse twelve, uh, the day long journey the apostles took back to Jerusalem after after jesus ascended these days i'm told that the day-long journey includes lots of drinking and pulling around a wagon full of adult beverages (laughs) which which i don't think the apostles had but perhaps it makes for uh for greater joy for some other places have a custom of picking a person i'm not sure how they pick Uh, picking a person from the village to dress up like the devil then they chase him around the town in this kind of mock chase until they finally finally dunk him in a pond, which is supposed to symbolize Jesus once and for all kicking the devil out of the heavenly throne room so they can no longer accuse God's children, which is one of the things we celebrate at, at Ascension. So a great festival, um, lots, of, lots of cool customs, um, but not so much here. Uh, on Thursday, I got my hair cut. <laughs> That was just as festive as it got. Um, if Best Buy had been open, there would not have been an Ascension Day sale. No one gets the day off. And yet still, still it is so important. Maybe these days, more important, more vital than ever, to hear and know Jesus ascended on high. Jesus enthroned. That's what Ascension Means Jesus ascended means Jesus enthroned on high. The Almighty Lord ruling over everything. Kicks the devil out of the heavenly places and now holds everything. Holds everything that scares the bejesus out of you in the same hands that were spread for you on the cross. You heard that from St. Paul to the Ephesians, Christ raised from the dead, now seated at God's right hand, filling everything, reigning over everything, all power, authority, dominion, everything under his feet. That's ascension. You know, in thinking about Jesus enthroned, Jesus ascended, and, and then the fact that it just doesn't seem that people get quite as excited about Ascension Day now as perhaps they they once did, uh, that maybe, maybe that has something to do with life, at least seeming uh, to be less scary. So, for example, my family and I, everyone's got lots of extra time, like lots of people do these days, uh, went on a hike a few weeks back, and one of the... Kind of offshoots of the trail took us by this family burial plot, 10 to 15, you know, gravestones, uh, really old, 150 to 200 years, some of them. And one particular grouping in there, uh, if I remember it correctly, there was one large kind of headstone, uh, three kind of medium ones, and then two or three really small ones mixed in there. It was kind of hard to make out the inscriptions on there, but putting together what I could with names and birth and death dates, I'm pretty sure the big one, that was the patriarch who lived into his 60s. Two of the medium ones, those were the, the, the grave sites of his first and second wives who died in their early 20s. And from the dates on some of the very small ones with birth and death dates the same day, infants, I think those two wives probably died in childbirth. The third medium one, that was, I'm guessing, his third wife who made it to about 40. <laughs> now you think of that guy, kind of piece things together a bit. Loses three wives, at least a couple of children. Given the time, maybe he was a farmer too whose entire livelihood every single year hung on the weather being just right. If I remember correctly, he also lived through the Civil War. Imagine the uncertainties associated with that kind of life. (laughs) In other words, here's a guy who knew scary, who had lived loss, whom life had taught and taught with an iron rod, you are not in control. And so I bet I bet that once upon a time, a guy like that really looked forward to Ascension Day. Maybe he even went on a long walk through the, through the fields with a big barrel of beer <laughs> and then looked forward to his pastor telling him, like he told him every year, saying, I know it does not look like it. You have lived a frightful life, but brother, Jesus has ascended and he is the Almighty Lord. Once upon a time, perhaps. Now, the thing, the thing about once upon a time is that once upon a time can happen time, can't it? And perhaps right now, uh, a lot of people are getting a bigger taste of once upon a time than they otherwise would have bargained for. I mentioned, I think I did anyway, at the beginning of the service, how day today is the 43rd day of Easter, But for a lot of folks, it might seem more like about the 83rd day of Lent. (laughs) You know, Lent, the time when we're we're sorrowful. Lent, the time when many people give various things up when you're supposed to stop giving them up at Easter to celebrate. But for now, for a lot of folks anyways, for a lot more than 40 days, and all of us in one way or another, are continuing to give up all sorts of things. Some more than others, and whether we like it or not jobs, and health, even life for some, which is horrible and scary enough. But for all of us, more abstract things like peace of mind or the ability to be nice, (laughs) that's harder these days, or certainty, all the unanswerable corona-crud questions, unanswerable despite the many people who pretend to answer them, (laughs) Who knows anything for sure? Will there be a vaccine? How many will die? Will there be school? Will the economy ever be the same? Will I eventually get sick? Will someone whom I love eventually get sick? And whom should I be listening to to answer these questions anyway? Should we open the doors or not? Should we go out or not? Am I just hearing what I want to hear? Will I ever see the bottom half of some stranger's faces? Those questions and a thousand more like them about a thousand things we simply do not have control over. Which makes me, which makes us very uncomfortable. And perhaps a little bit prickly, too. And which, yes, we must say, should have all of us repenting. For looking for security and certainty in things we now see and always should have seen are far from certain. You know, Jesus' disciples, they're like us in a lot of ways, but they're like us in this way especially. In not liking, not knowing, not being certain, or in control either. Got that in a reading from from both Acts and the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Even after spending 40 days with the risen Jesus, him teaching them, you think that really would have steeled them, but no. Still anxious and frightened about what's next. So, So they say to Jesus... Will you at this time, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And there's a whole lot going on in that question, but I hear them saying, at very least, and maybe more than anything, something like this: saying, "I'm, uh, I'm Jesus." You know, uh, the guys and I, we've been we've been talking, and we think that now would be a really good time for you to fix everything that scares the bejesus out of us. <laughs> And if not today, maybe next Tuesday. <laughs> just whatever you're going to do it, just let us know when you're going to fix all the world's scary bits. Which we heard in that reading, Jesus, of course, doesn't do. <laughs> he doesn't get rid of the scary bits. Instead, to paraphrase, as I hear him, he says, well, in time, friends, in good time. But how about this? Instead... Instead of making the world less scary, how about for now I make you less scarable? How about I so fill you with my power, with a power stronger than death? How about I hold up my hands to you, which He did while He was blessing them and ascended, the very hands which were pierced for them? How about I give you a certainty of my presence and my love that makes you virtually unscarable? I will worry about the final fix-up, and it will come. But for now, friends, how about I inflate you with my Holy Spirit like a giant balloon and then let you go, whizzing left and right throughout the whole world, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, exhaling the good news that Jesus is risen and that I am Lord. And then he says this, when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Which you might think they did not see that coming. After Jesus just gives them this comforting comforting stuff, you might think they were thinking, oh, I guess we really made him mad. (laughs) Now he went away. (laughs) But that's not what they thought. No, they knew their Bibles. And they knew that that cloud was not just any cloud. That cloud that enveloped Jesus They knew their clouds, and they knew that the cloud, that was the cloud of the very presence and majesty of God. Like in the days of old, when a pillar of cloud accompanied his people through the wilderness, or when a a cloud would fill up the tabernacle or the temple to proclaim to everyone that God is in the house. So when they saw that cloud, they don't see Jesus going away, they see Jesus going to rule. They don't see Jesus leaving. They see Jesus reigning. (laughs) Which is why they go away, not sad, we made Jesus mad, but they go away worshiping and praising and joyful. Which is why Paul sometime later writes of Jesus ascending, not as him going away from anything, but going to fill up everything. Which is why we confess the ascension every week in the creed. Why the ascension is a big deal even if it's three days late. Because when life is scary, and when there's a whole lot we simply do not know and cannot control, it's a whole lot less scary when you know Jesus is on the throne. In fact, so you don't forget that. We stick it in the creed. We didn't stick it. Others did. But we say it every week in the creed. But so you don't forget that. We do something else in our liturgy every single week. We say... At least once, oftentimes two or or three times, it's a little shout out to the ascension and Jesus' exaltation. It's what we say at the end of our our prayers. It might be at this part of the prayer where you kind of stop listening. (laughs) Prayers usually go something like, you know, dear father or God. And then we say something about how God is great and something he did. Thank you for X. And then we say, please do Y. That's usually how the prayers go. And then they always end, at least often do, with something called the full termination. That's the fancy term. And this is the part which you might turn off because you think the prayer's over. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, (laughs) who lives and reigns. Uh, Again, you might kind of turn that off and probably your pastor, who's usually the one saying it, might kind of mumble through that, who lives and (laughs) reigns. But it probably ought to slow down deep in my voice. <laughs> say, who lives and reigns right now with the Father and the Holy Spirit? It's quite the claim when you think about it. it. Takes some godly in-your-face guts to say that. I mean, given all that is going on out there and in here, if we're honest, what's in here is probably a heck of a lot scarier than what's out there. Given all that, and yet to say, yes, Jesus lives and reigns over that. I mean, imagine that tombstone guy that I that I, I made up that story about, or at least I put together, I didn't make up the tombstone. Imagine the tombstone guy uttering that prayer at the end of wife number three's and child number two's funeral, who says who lives and reigns. Imagine someone saying, Who do you think you are saying that? How can you say that? Who do you think you are? He might say, I'm a Christian. (laughs) Who talks like that? I'll tell you, a Christian does. You do. You can. Because Jesus is risen. Because Jesus is ascended. And not just any Jesus, not some ghost Jesus, but Jesus in the flesh. Jesus who is like you in every way, yet without sin, is ascended. Jesus who knows your pains. Jesus, who's borne your sorrows, who's wept your tears. Jesus, who's taken all your sins and conquered death. That Jesus is ascended and enthroned in the clouds, which means present and powerful wherever you are. That's what you say when you say lives and reigns. And it's hard to say sometimes. Hard for me to say. I'm usually the one say it saying it, which is why I'm glad it's, it's written right down there in the bulletin for me, which tells me I have to say it, so that maybe by saying it, I might come to believe it, that you might come finally to trust it. That Jesus ascended means Jesus is Lord and he reigns. He reigns over all your sins with his forgiveness. He reigns over all your doubts with his faithfulness. He reigns over all your anxieties with a peace, that passes understanding. He reigns over all your stupid decisions with a sense of humor and a grace that says, tomorrow everything is new. And yes, he even reigns over that stupid coronavirus, which I'm glad it's called coronavirus because you know what corona means? From your Latin, if you had that, it means crown. You know who wears the true crown? Not some stupid virus. Jesus wears the crown. Jesus who rules over viruses and whatever else you can think of, whatever might be scaring the bejesus out of you right now, the ascended Jesus reigns over that too. And at the last, when it comes time for you to breathe your last and for your last breath to come out of you, he will reign over you with angels ready to bear you to himself. And then he'll reign over your dead body in the grave until the day he raises you up glorious to live and reign with him forever. You see, ascension is a really big deal. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.